With me today is a kind of a new friend of mine. Last few years, his name is Neil Andrews. Say hello, Neil. Hey, um, I'm glad to have you here. I've been Thank had you. you on my mind for a while Uh-oh. for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, I got to be honest with you. Uh, Neil, by the way, is the music minister. Is that the correct term? Uh, well, there's a, a sign on the door that says "Pastor of Worship and Arts." That's so well. It's a little early, Thank but you. oh, you're aware of the buzzer, I guess. <laughs> if if we get yes. too churchy, yes. I, okay, I'm going to use right. the buzzer. So yeah, do that. I just thought that'd be do funny that. right there on that title. That's but good. Anyway. I'm the music guy. You're the music guy at the church I go to. Yeah. And people might say, well, why are you having a guy that's at a local church on? Well, there's a bigger story here because <laughs> I, I talked to you, I guess, when you're just getting there. I like to come, you know. kind of. I like to inspect the newbies and kind of feel them out and see, you know, if they believe some insanities or not, you know, kind of stir things up. But Mm -hmm. I remember talking to you about you didn't want to be one of those music guys at a church. (laughs) And plus, you've got this real interesting background that a lot of people don't know about. And I don't know all about it. And like I told you in the green room earlier, I don't prepare for these. I don't want to prepare for them Uh, for two reasons. One, I'm incredibly lazy. Okay. Uh, And two... I like to be surprised myself. I like to just stumble into things. It's kind of fun that way. So mm-hmm. we're going to stumble into your existence and find out how you came to be mm-hmm. a reluctant minister of <laughs> worship and theology or whatever. What did you say? Thank you. Yeah, that's Thank a, you. that's a, another buzz prompted by you, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, so, yeah, you're the music guy at uh, my local church. and. Mm-hmm. What I want to do here, there's there's only two rules on Mike the Baptist. One of them we've already talked about. Yes. If we get into real churchy talk, I'm going to hit the buzzer because the purpose of Mike the Baptist is to dumb down the faith enough <laughs> that an old publisher friend of mine once told me uh, about songwriting. Uh, back when I was writing these really ethereal, deep songs, he said, Jackson? You need to write a song so that a rock can understand it. Ah, yes. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot yep. to that. Uh, so I might have dumbed it down a little too much after that. But <laughs> but the point was, and the point of Mike the Baptist is to talk about faith in normal language like people use mm-hmm. outside the walls of a church. So cool. Uh, wish us luck. Well, we'll see if we can well, do it. How about we'll pray about that? <laughs> we're gonna go for a record number of buzzes we may get a lot of buzzes coming up right here just just because uh so that's the one rule the other rule is you can ask me a question okay anytime you want to uh, if you feel uncomfortable with what i'm asking you you can flip the tables on me uh, okay anyway <clears throat> the door is open if you want to do that because this is uh the first part of mike the baptist in my mind is a uh porch conversation yep we're just sitting down on the front porch and uh, talking to each other for a little bit. And uh, after we kind of get used to each other and hear a little bit about your background in this case, then we'll move on to talking maybe about deeper kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, hmm. We'll see if we get to that or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the intent. And so that's the two rules. And <clears throat> so here's my first question. Uh <laughs> What did you weigh when you were born? 
Uh, I can't remember the fraction. It was eight pounds and something ounces. But you remember that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. impressed that you would remember that much. <laughs> so I was going to start asking everybody that from now on. So I'm testing you out to see if that's interesting or not, if yeah. you ask that. I was going to ask, do you remember what you weighed? Uh, and then I was going to ask, how long were you? That I don't remember. Yeah, nobody remembers that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't remember my kids. I, I don't really know why they write that on your uh, birth certificate. Yeah. I mean, it, on your death is. certificate, do they write how long you 106 are? inches? Well, or probably not. I don't no. think they probably do that. But <laughs> anyway, so where were you born? You, you're, you're not, uh, you're not a, uh, uh, born and bred Southerner, are you? No. Okay. No. Where are I've, you from? I've lived a lifetime here though. Yeah. I've lived almost 30 years here. Oh, right? okay. All right. That's about how long I've lived here. I'm an Arkansan, but I've lived ah. in Tennessee, somewhere in the middle of Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, for about 30 years. So where are you from? Angola. Is that in America? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's one of those, you know, those questions when you play the three question game of you, t- you get to know people and you tell them two truths and one lie oh. and they have to guess which one the lie is. Oh, okay. I've never so played that. That's one of mine is, um, you know, I studied music for this many years, um, something else. And I was born in Angola. And everybody automatically assumes. <laughs> so yeah, you're not you're not American. I am American. I was born in Angola, Indiana, which is northeast, all the way up in the corner, right next to Michigan. It's about about twenty miles from Michigan. So you had good cheese. Uh, or is no, that, that's Wisconsin. That's Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, that's on that's farther up. Wisconsin. Yeah. No, I had good apples. Okay, in Michigan. Michigan's they... fabulous apples. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. So you were born in Angola. Yep. And you grew up, I guess, in. Angola. Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. What's the area like that you're from? Is it a rural city? Yeah, very much rural. Okay. Uh, my grandparents in Angola had the largest farm in Angola. Angola looks like it looks like what Franklin looked like about 25 years ago. Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. They have a, a monument in the center of downtown, mm-hmm. and there's you know the four streets, so there's north, south, east, west that go out. Okay. The shops go maybe three blocks down on each one of those yeah and then it gets a little less big city and then it's farms so it's typical small town america with, yes yep with a nice town square kind <clears throat> yep. of feel to it very much yeah okay. yeah yeah so that was angola that was angola and we lived there for a year my parents moved to fort wayne i'm an only child mm-hmm. uh so i'm uh i i had to <laughs> I had three sons, and I always had to ask my wife, is this normal behavior? They're, they're pounding on each other. Because I never grew up <laughs> with any siblings, so I didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, they moved to Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. and I spent, I guess I left after I, <laughs> I had one semester left in college. I was getting a communication major. Mm-hmm. And one semester left, and I had a chance to go on a road with a band, and I did. Uh. And then I didn't go back to school until... Oh, I don't know, 20 years ago. So <laughs> you grew up just in a uh, uh, a, a farm-type atmosphere? I mean, with all the uh, animals and... Yeah, I spent a lot of time around my, my grandparents, my mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. and learned how to... That was like I was telling you earlier. Yes, in the green room, uh, we had an interesting conversation. About my it. grandmother taught me how to slop the hogs. And yeah. I don't remember how old I was, but her advice was to avoid the sow. 
mm-hmm. uh, at all costs. And because? Then, well, the sow shows its teeth to you. Yeah. They, they like to bite. And we'll use them. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they had, it's really interesting if you look at agriculture now, too, and you understand, I don't want to get into government, but. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another program. You understand how <laughs> subsidies work and everything and why everybody raises corn now and soybeans. But I remember my grandparents probably had eight different crops. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd have wheat and barley and, you know, other things like that. Plus they raised uh, hogs and cattle and, and all of those things. And the food was all, you know, they didn't, they didn't put any chemicals in them or anything. They yeah. just grew them up and, and ate them. Sealed them up in a jar. Like and, they were. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so in the green room, we were also talking about how uh, kids today need to see a little old granny <laughs> yeah. ring a chicken's neck. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that was just that would just be good for them. I think so. Um, it, it just would be one of those experiences that it would make an impression. I think it would that. Yeah, and it didn't. It did me. Oh yeah. So what is uh? Why does Fort Wayne, Indiana? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Why is Fort Wayne, Indiana? That's one of those towns that has this familiar ring. Is there a reason? What do they do in Fort Wayne? That's a good question. What do they do? Is it um, a military town? No, it's not. It's just, it's the, <laughs> it was the third largest town in Indiana. Oh, okay. Indianapolis, and I don't know what the second one would have been. Um, it has an extension of both Indiana University and Purdue University mm-hmm. that share the same facility. So a lot of people just said... Fort Wayne a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the We should look that up sometime. Somebody <laughs> should Google that sometime and uh, it's, see it's, if it's known for something or if it's, it's just... one of those towns that wants to be something. Um you know, it it wants to be a big city but it's not. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. I may be thinking of Fort Payne, Alabama. <laughs> that would explain that. Okay, so maybe. So you grew up. <laughs> yes. Well, physically. In Angola. <clears throat> yeah. And what, so what What did you do when you grew up? When you became an adult, what was your, uh, <laughs> or when you become an adult? You're assuming a lot. Yes. I am assuming a lot. Uh, what were you aiming at as a, as a kid growing up? I mean, in Arkansas, we lived in a, in a, a huge, natural, beautiful playground. Mm. I mean, that's how I grew up. The area I grew up in was just this unbelievable, clean, clear, fascinating uh, piece of, of land that had clean water and mountains and streams. It mm. was just really, and, and we grew up where I'm from, that was our life. We roamed those woods and rivers, and uh, I don't. It's hard to explain. It's so great. So that's what I'm looking for out of you here at, at this point. When you were growing up and kind of coming into adulthood, what is it you were doing? What were you after? What, yeah. What did you do? It, just Indiana's waste your time. Very, so my sons always joke about when they go to Indiana. Um, it's flat. Uh-huh. There, there are no hills. Okay. Uh, there's some foliage, but but the predominant foliage is cornfield. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's very boring and there, the beauty, I always wanted to move to Michigan because I found it to be really a, a beautiful place. 
uh, southern Michigan has hundreds of lakes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, that's what everybody would do on the weekends was they'd go up to the lake and stay over the weekend in okay. a boat. And it actually gets cold enough there that the lakes freeze. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Skating. Uh, oh, yeah, skating, okay. t- tobogganing, mm-hmm. sledding with real sleds instead of, uh, well, there were times that I remember borrowing borrowing a Coke sign uh-huh. when they were the metal round ones. Yeah. Those sled really well. Those, mm-hmm. those are very good. But um, A sled, a word. It is. It really it's is. It's a verb. It's it's a noun and a verb. I did not know that. I thought you just made that up. <clears throat> no. It's sled really well. S-L-E-D. I'm going to use that in the future. It'll well, make me I, seem smarter. <laughs> We any anyway the, okay. um, no it's, <laughs> so uh, there's there's one lake that I remember in northern Indiana where whatever date it would freeze on they'd take an old car push it out on the lake and then people would gamble on when it was going to sink really mm-hmm. that is a hoot and the question that yeah. I never got answered was do they pull it out after it sinks. Or are they just building them up down there? I don't. I so don't know. you don't know. There's a pile of cars in that. There might well be. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so were you an unruly kid? Did I answer your question? I don't know. Okay. It, um, it doesn't really matter, does it? No. The worst thing I did, and I, my, my wife gives me a hard time about this because I told her this story. The one of the worst things I did when I was a kid, I, I love dogs. Mm-hmm. There's a butt in there. Um, I love dogs uh-huh. and I seem to be able to interact with them. Well, uh-huh. I don't get along with cats as well. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people have that problem. Yeah. You know, cats don't show up in, and this is not religious. Cats don't show up in the Bible until after the fall. <laughs> just, just in case you didn't know that there's some humor in there. There's yes. And yeah. so, um, sorry about that. Go okay. away. Oh, there. Um, it's still going to do it over there. Yeah, we'll do it over there. That's okay. Um, so, there was a neighbor cat, and I was trying to be nice to it. I was probably eight years old, mm-hmm. uh, down by the mailboxes. I was trying to be nice to it. I reached down to pet it, and it went on my hand. Yeah. And so I just picked it up, and I put it in the mailbox and closed the mailbox on it. Nice. And, of course, I got home, and my mom said, did you just do something you shouldn't have done? <laughs> you know, it's one of those neighborhoods where everybody watches out for each other. So the lady's yeah. mailbox I put it in was watching when I did that. Yes. So that was uh that was kind of my unruly. That's a little unruly. I was being rebellious. Now we we did that in Arkansas, but when we put them in there, we would put a bottle rocket in there with them. <laughs> yes. It kind of kind of spiced the the ending wow. up a little bit. I wish. And when the door blew open, <laughs> cats can really. Oh yeah. They can really scoot. They get. <clears throat> so, <laughs> did you leave Angola pretty quickly when you grew up? Oh, I left Angola. I was one year old, so I don't. Oh. My parents moved to Fort Wayne after. Oh, I was okay. One. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm hung up on That's all right. the Angola word. Right. It's just interesting. Yeah. But did you, so did you scoot from Fort uh, Wayne mm-hmm. uh, as soon as you grew up? Uh, I was, I, I don't remember if we said this earlier or not. I don't remember when I said it. Um, I was one semester from graduation. Mm hmm. And I had the chance to go on the road with a band. Oh yeah, that was in the green room. Okay. So yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm getting to. So you've yes. been musical all of your life. Yeah, I got forced. Um, huh? My my parents said at four years old I started taking piano lessons. Uh, and uh, yeah, but you had to kind of have wanted to do music or well, 
I guess. Maybe. I think what, I'll tell you what, I got to a point when I was in, in junior high school, middle school, as they call it here, I mm-hmm. think it was probably eighth grade or something. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I would usually spend lunch in the choir room just sitting at the piano because they had a really nice, it was a Yamaha, seven foot. Mm, yes. Beautiful nice. piano. And I just sit in there and play. And um, the the radical music for me was stuff like, because I grew up playing classical, mm-hmm. uh, Elton John, early Elton John. That Mad, was radical. Madman Across the Water, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed one day when I was in there, uh, I'm just playing, not looking, and I, I happen to look up and there are like four girls standing around the piano. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, maybe mom's doing something on purpose here <laughs> so <clears throat> that was yes mom's fixing you up i guess so uh how did you get from uh taking lessons to joining a band um first band i played with was a wedding band uh-huh. a wedding reception uh-huh. and uh-huh. i remember going with music books taking music books with me and um trying to follow along while they're not paying any attention to that at all. Yes, those are the best crowds. And there's a there's a <laughs> temptation <clears throat> there's a temptation in there to just go, why am I playing they're not even paying attention? What's you know? Mm-hmm. Uh but that's also that step between being glued to the page yeah. musically. Right. And starting to listen to what everybody else around you is doing yeah. and working together. Yeah. So yeah. that was a that was a big thing. And, uh, which there's enjoyment in that because uh, I, I remember doing a songwriter's night years ago up in uh, Franklin, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they put us in the bar side of a restaurant. <laughs> and we got uh, by about the second song, I realized there's nobody listening to this. So I started changing the words to every song. <laughs> In, in some of the most ridiculous things you could imagine. Nobody knew nobody knew it at all, but we had a good time up there yep. playing. So I know what you're talking yeah. about there. Yep. So what you're saying, though, is that you uh, you began to enjoy the camaraderie and oh, folding absolutely. yourself into the process there, whether they were listening or not. Yeah, and it's it's important to understand, too, if you've never played with other musicians, it's a funny thing because you listen to the drummer that's in your head. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through a process of learning to listen outside to hear what's going on outside to work with, you know, it's like you said, camaraderie. <laughs> yes. You have to listen to what's going on outside. Yes, because many times the uh, drummer in your head is playing something different <laughs> than the drummer behind you. I'm just saying. I think that still happens sometimes. I'm just saying <laughs> it happens. Nobody we know. Oh, no, no, no. But I've no, seen no. it happen. Yeah. So the wedding band. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave you some experience mm-hmm. playing live and playing with people, and then what? What did that turn into? I'm I'm creeping up. You know where I'm headed and because I'm afraid of that. Yeah, you know where I'm headed. Uh, 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 so what happened? Um, started playing. I was saying that about Michigan and the lakes and the and that's what everybody did, especially during the summer. Was mm-hmm. um, Friday afternoon, everybody heads up to the lakes in the summer, and there were a lot of uh, clubs or bars or those kind of things on the lakes. Mm-hmm. And I started playing with another band that was doing, uh, I don't I don't even remember all of it, but it was a little more, for somebody that learned to play classically, mm-hmm. uh, a little more R&B. Yeah. Um, 
and we play rock and roll stuff too, but um, everything from Deep Purple to Isley Brothers, mm, that yep. kind of stuff. And so we started doing that on the weekends, and I was going to school. This was just before I was out of school. I'd go to school during the daytime. Mm. Uh, when I had time off, I'd work in a restaurant mm-hmm. at the same time, and then at nights I'd play with the band. How old were you here? Uh, 17. 17. 16, 17, something like that. So uh, at what point did you did you leave that area again before you got involved in some more professional? Uh, I had a, had a band come to me and say, hey, we're, we're looking for a keyboardist, another keyboardist. It was band head two. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, we're playing, we're on the road all the time. Uh-huh. And we'd love to have you come and, and play with us. So. And you were how old at this point? Well, I don't know. I can't remember that many years back. Yeah, it's hard to. But, it's, but I it's a good was, exercise for you, you mentally. <laughs> yeah. Trying to help you out here. That's it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so I would have been one semester from graduation. So it was, I don't know, probably 1920. Okay. Somewhere so around So you there. were recruited fairly early. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I think, I think we're going to take a little break here in a second, just to breathe for a second. And then we're going to come back and talk about how, uh, you actually used to be black for a few years. Is that correct? <laughs> Am I, I think that's how I read it, but I don't know. Maybe I missed something there, but yeah, <laughs> but we're heading into an interesting period of your life. Uh, uh, and then we'll skyrocket from there all the way up to, uh, how you landed here, maybe if we can, there's if we can a lot get in between there, there's a lot in between there. And <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot I don't know yet, but that's part of this program is discovery. Okay. And I'm glad to have you. I'm glad Thank to you. pin down some of this uh, detail. <laughs> finally, it's earth shattering. It is. We'll be back in a second. We're just Christians trying not to cuss. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. You ate it, Ralph. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. No, Ralph, I ate it. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Take two Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer neutralizes all the acid your stomach has churned out. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. So, there's this white guy Careful. <laughs> in Fort Wayne. Um, well, I'm not really PC, and I don't care. Okay. So, that's all kind of overblown, overrated. I have a different podcast that talks about that. <laughs> you can visit it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so, um, you'd been in a wedding band, 
and yeah. you'd been in some groups and what have you. But then yeah. somebody contacted you, uh, and were these people from Indiana up in that area, or mm-hmm. how did they find you? Are you talking? Are you talking about heat wave? I'm talking about heat wave. Yeah, okay. we're moving right into so, heat wave. Neil, for those of you who do not know, <laughs> played with heat wave. Do you remember heat wave? Does anybody remember heat wave? I do. I have boogied to heat wave many yeah. times, and uh, we'll drop a little clip or two of what we're talking about in appropriately here, so <laughs> we can catch everybody up. But and I'll do that now. Okay. How? Did you wind up with Heatwave? Okay. So uh, after being on the road for a while, moved to, sorry about that. That's There's okay. a limiter no, no. on that. Yeah. Um, moved to Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And played there for a while. I was in a, a band that I really enjoyed. It was uh, what we used to call prog rock. Uh-huh. So we did old Genesis and Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel and, Good stuff. Uh, yes, and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And mm-hmm. and I like that because being classically trained, it kept both hands busy. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and I, I played bass in, in some of them. It wasn't like, you know, wedding band bass. It was like busy kind of. Right. On the, um, on, the key, on the keys? Yeah. So you had the keys and yep. some melody going. And yep, yep. That's fun stuff. Anyway, um, I worked in I got tired of playing and being out, you know, late and doing all that kind of stuff. Right. And there's a whole lot more to it, but I got tired of doing that. And I had a friend that worked in a music store, local, local music store. Uh-huh. And he said, Hey, would you ever want to, would you ever want to hang out here and make some money doing selling instruments? I mean, all you got to do is play the instrument and show them how good it sounds and then they'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I did that for a little while and, uh, learned some valuable lessons <laughs> in mm-hmm. doing commission sales. Uh-huh. And one thing that happened was people would come in, musicians would come in, and you get to know them a little bit. And uh, a fellow came in one day was, who's ended up being a really good friend that I haven't seen for a while. Um, his name was Tim Haup, and he's a drummer. Uh-huh. And he played with Heatwave and uh, and a bunch of other bands, too. There's, a, there's other bands in that genre mm-hmm. um, that you'd know. Uh, Midnight Star, and there's a band called Slave. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of them. Ohio was full of yep. that. It was kind of a center of it. Cincinnati, uh, Dayton. Mm-hmm. There was a, a guy named Roger Troutman, and he had a band called Zap. That's another one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Tim and I just became really good friends, and he started dragging me along to the the studio and he was going in the studio and he'd always go, Hey, my friend Neil plays keyboards. You ought to have him do. So I started, started doing that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time I'm doing session work. And I had another friend that was an engineer that, um, it's funny. He started out working. His first stuff was doing, I think he did Phil Kagi's first three albums mm-hmm. in Chicago or Schaumburg, Illinois, but just outside there. Anyway, um, I, this has to do with learning how to fit in a genre mm-hmm. and the, the saying about how, you know, where you don't play is just as important as where you do play. Right. And we were working on a project together. His name's Gary. And, uh, we were taking a break and he said, Hey, can I play something for you? And I went, yeah, fine. He said, I just want you to listen to this and listen to where 
the person is not playing. Mm-hmm. And so he played, you know, Donald Fagan. Uh, he was part of Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. And he had a solo album called The Nightfly. And he said, I want you to listen to this where, where the guy's not playing. Mm-hmm. And I made the association with the orchestra because, you know, the flutes don't play all the time. The mm-hmm. cellos don't play all the time. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a place. It creates dynamics. It makes things move along. Mm-hmm. The R&B thing is very much about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving leaving big holes and things so that when you do come in, it makes a point. Right. It's a statement. Right. Um, so anyway, Tim um, came to me one time and he said, hey, um, Heat Wave's getting ready to do another recording. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything for a while. They're getting ready to do another recording. Do you want to play? So, um, they, so they had been on a little layoff or something. Kind they of. had had... I don't even know how many hits they, they were so successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rod Temperton was the songwriter that was in the band. He was the keyboardist originally mm-hmm. and he had written so many of their hits, but then he also wrote the song thriller mm-hmm. for Michael Jackson. Yeah. Kind he, of a good song. It's not bad. No. I think it got some airplay. Probably. Um, he also wrote uh, shine sweet freedom, shine on him. The Mike McDonald song. Mm-hmm. He just had all this success. So he stopped, playing right they stopped having hits they just kind of laid back and they were going out to do stuff again right so i ended up doing uh doing session work for them we did an album and a half's worth of material mm-hmm. and had a blast doing it and then they wanted to go out on the road and i said well can't do it free and they go, no no we'll pay you so yeah so we went to europe and and played there for a while and i came back home yep I think I remember talking to you one time about uh, being in Europe and seeing a completely different world oh. than what you might have seen up oh, until. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so the first time I went, I won't say a year because it really dates me, but yeah. um, <laughs> the uh, the first time I flew in, I flew into Frankfurt, uh, so the capital of, of Western Germany. Mm-hmm. And I remember being... Well, first of all, you, you go through uh, um, where you pull your passport out, mm-hmm. and the guy was not very nice. He was he was very unfriendly. I had really long hair at the time, too. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of let me stand there for a while. And I noticed the police officers walking all around. They all had Uzis. Oh, well. And this was way before September the 11th of 2001. Mm-hmm. And so it was very alienating to me. That was one of my big big epiphanies because they'd had a lot of terrorist stuff mm-hmm. there i remember being in england the first time and there was a a van of some sort that had like a, a radar dish on top and they would drive around and see who was using their television and then check the phone bills to, or they're not the phone bills their their television bill to see if they paid oh wow for their beeb their bbc or not it was just the the picture of big brother yeah. all over wherever I was in Europe and the United States never experienced anything like that before. So this was, this was much different than, uh, substantially. Yes. Fort Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <Or. laughs> yeah. In all sorts of ways. Yeah. So, you, yeah. so you roamed around played with those guys and had a blast. I'm sure it was fun, but they were not good business people. Ah. And the thing is, if you want to do that for a living, I remember one of the early times I was playing in a bar <clears throat> and the bartender and I started talking and he said, so do you want to do this for a living? And I said, it's interesting. And he said, well, if you want to do it for a living, you have to be a businessman, business person first yeah. and then a musician. Yeah. 
So I've always, if you want to go to the grocery store. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, there's a, there's a whole other world behind the scenes in music that people don't see. I mean, uh, right. I've talked to a few guys and had them uh, do some session things for me in the past that, uh, pretty well known musicians, but it's, it's a different thing to have them sitting across the table talking about, yeah, you know, I almost starved to death last year. Yep. Yeah. And you just think, well, that doesn't seem right, but it's, uh, there is a real business world back there. And, oh, yeah. uh, if you're going to eat, uh, you got to take care of that. My mom never understood that I didn't have a real job. She always, always wanted me to have a real job. Yeah. I'm on the road. I'm paying. I still remember the first time I came home after I'd been on the road. Uh -huh. Been on the road for, I don't know, two months. Not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Eight weeks. But I'd been living at home through college. Mm -hmm. I took off. I came home after that. She was very disappointed that I didn't have any dirty laundry for her. Really? Yeah. Huh. She, was, she was upset that I hadn't kept my laundry to bring it home and let her do it. And I, I felt bad. But, I mean, you so, know, I didn't have eight weeks worth of clothes. Did so you dirty some up for her? <laughs> no. <laughs> but there's... There's all sorts of things that that you can learn in those settings. Yeah. And I got very tired of uh I'm I'm transitioning now trying to yeah. trying to That's good. I was fixing um, to try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I got tired of being on the road and and trying to be a family at the same time. Yeah. And so that's I started working in the music store. Gotcha. And I would do session work at the same time. And um ended up having an offer from a, a music store in Chicago. And I really didn't love retail sales. I ended up being fairly good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had relatives in Chicago. I've always loved the history of Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were talking, I loved the 1893 World's Fair. There's so much around that. It's just a, a very interesting, fascinating time period. So the opportunity to move there, um, I, we went ahead and took that, mm -hmm. and um, I'd been working in retail, music instruments, selling mm -hmm. musical instruments, for about a year, and I had made friends with, Chicago was one of the jingle capitals, yep. uh, Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago. Right. And um, one of my friends was a producer that did commercials all the time. And he came in one time to the store, and he said, "Hey, would you have any interest in in uh, doing some spots with me?" And I said, eh, "I don't know." He said, "I'll pay you money." Mm -hmm. oh, well, okay then. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. He Certainly. Said, you know, bring your bring some of your stuff with you, and well, and so I went to his place, and we did a package for. There was a company in Dallas, and they did probably eighty percent of the radio IDs that you hear. So. Mm -hmm. CKLW, Motor City, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we worked for about six hours on, uh, on a package for a radio station and had fun. It was great. It was really creative. I think it appealed to my left and right brain because <laughs> he'd, he'd say, be as artistic as you want. Just go for it. Yeah. But it's got to be 29.5 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> so um, got done and he said, I really enjoyed this. And he wrote me a check and he handed it to me. And I guess I maybe made a funny face or something. He goes, is that not enough? And I went, I've never been paid like that for doing music before. <laughs> so that began um, seven years of doing commercial 
shingles. Oh, oh okay. That's and, a good long stint there. And it was all union, so there were residuals involved in it. And somewhere in there, uh, you did stingers and stuff for Rush Limbaugh's I did program. Do, and, <laughs> yeah. I did do um, – what had happened was I, I started getting outspoken politically, uh-huh. but I was trying not to do it verbally. I was trying to do it musically. Uh-huh. And I had purchased the first sampler that I had had, and I had taken a State of the Union address from one of our former uh, officials, mm-hmm. and I <laughs> cut it up and m- moved it around and made him say things that he hadn't said. Oh, we all do that. And then I then I so, put music with it, so normal. it sounded like he was rapping. Uh-huh. And then I took uh, little actualities of uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh and put him in between there. Uh-huh. So it sounded like the two of them were having conversation uh rapping same time. yeah so it's kind of fun and i'd done some of those and uh, and shared them with friends and i got a phone call one day and the voice on the other end was a radio voice mm-hmm. and he said is neil andrews there and i said yes that's me and he <laughs> goes this is john donovan who was one of the main guys at wabc in new york for years and i said are you WABC and he goes well yes I was on the air for a long time but right now I'm Rush Limbaugh's program director Mm -hmm. and he said I come in on the mornings and my desk is usually full of letters and and uh, things and he said this morning there was nothing on it but a cassette tape and it had your name on it Mm. and he said I played it and I about fell out of my chair I was laughing so hard and I just wondered would you mind if I played these for Rush and I said no I don't I don't care that's fine he said is it okay if he likes them, if he uses them? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's fine, as long as he doesn't tell anybody where I live, <laughs> because homeboy's the vice president. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't want my neighbors uh, doing anything bad to me. So right. um, he said, well, you might listen in a couple of weeks, and maybe he'll use some of that stuff. Well, I happened to be listening almost every day. I'd listen to a part of it. That day... That was what he opened the show with. And then every time he'd take a, a break, he'd play another one of them. That's neat. And so I ended up donating to Rush for a long time. I never got paid for it. I just, John Donovan would call me and say, hey, Rush, wondered if you could do one with uh, uh, the first lady mm-hmm. in it. And yeah. uh, I've, I've got one. I, gotta, I have to share it with you. I realized, I heard... Uh, I'm not going to name names. Yeah. I, I heard her laughing, and she went, ha, 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 and it was an F-sharp suspended. <laughs> she went, da, 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 da. <laughs> and so I clipped that, and I wrote horn parts to go with it uh-huh. and, and did a little piece with that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to hear some and of those. I'll, I'll share them with you. Yeah, you send some of those, and then I'll uh, drop them in here when we edit cool. this all out. That'd be fun. A little later. Probably offend a lot of people. I got, I got a question here. I mean, Uh-oh. you obviously have been around the world and back, yeah. uh, which I'm sure we've already laid out a few things some folks did not know and will <laughs> pester you appropriately <clears throat> after we finish here from from now on about some of those. We're not using boogie nights for the call to worship. No. <clears throat> so no, I've, I've used that a few times for the really? call. To, <laughs> you know what's funny things, is but, <laughs> uh, always and forever. It yeah. was one of the most used wedding songs. Oh, it was a huge, and a huge song. They I mean, made, that guy wrote a few songs that. Oh yeah. That uh, I mean, 
he's probably bought a boat or two. He has a castle. He did at the time that I met him. He had a castle in Germany. Yeah. I mean, uh, those, yes. those kinds of songs will buy interesting things. And they'll also test your uh, ability to uh, do that business thing on the back end. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've tested a lot, a lot of people in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got one question. We're going to take another little break <laughs> uh, to breathe again. And uh, the one question I haven't asked you um, is, were you a person of faith all these years, or did that come later? Good question. Mm-hmm. You can answer that when we come back. We'll okay. be back in uh, just a minute. We're just Christians trying not to cuss. This land is your land. land is my If you like a little meat with your vegetables, then you might like our sister podcast, Our Land with Michael Jackson. It's a podcast for freedom-loving, liberty-chasing, common-sense Christian Americans who still believe that good can and will prevail in the struggle to survive in today's crazy society. It's a little bit politics, a little bit social commentary, and a whole lot not woke. Just search for Our Land with Michael Jackson on your favorite podcast app. Or you can subscribe to get the podcast and read our posts at ourland.substack.com. Our Land is a member of Our Land Media Group, the America in the Middle. This land was made for you and me. We're back with my friend Neil Andrews, and we were just kidding earlier. You weren't really black, but it was a... it's such such good music. I mean, you know that kind of music with uh, Heat Wave and all that Boogie Nights and all that. You don't, you just usually don't associate a white guy with that. And yet, a white <laughs> guy's really. the one that wrote most of. That I know, stuff. I know. And uh, actually, he's Scottish, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's funny the way people talk about things over the years. But good music, really good music. Mm-hmm. But I like music with a good funky bass in it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if some young folks that accidentally hear this program out there somewhere would practice doing some funky bass lines and some stuff. I bet you. You know, just just for the heck of it. Yeah. They probably have fun doing that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, were you a Christian this whole time? That's a, a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in the church. I grew up as United Methodist. Okay, now, remember... There's a buzzer over yeah, here. Yeah. Well, what do you want me to? How well, do you, I just want how you to, be, to find that. I'm, I'm just pre-warning you. That, okay. You're fine. I'll, tr- up till I'll now. try to be. Yeah. I just wanted to remind you <laughs> because it's if it comes up. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a challenge to to do that without talking about that. It is. Um, I grew up. My parents. We always went to church. Yep. Um, and I think it's funny. I've said this about my sons too. I realize that they live on. I'm. I don't know how to say this and not be. Yeah, you have, this, that's the exercise. You have to find Man. a way. <laughs> they live, your kids live on your beliefs. They live on your faith of, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to have their own faith because there's a car out there. Dad's going to drive me wherever I need to go. Yeah, that's a good point. They don't have to pay insurance. They mm-hmm. got a roof over their head. They got all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care how much you claim well that's not the right way to say that to to claim that you are a believer yeah your faith gets tested yeah 
when you're on your own. Yes. When you go to school or whatever it is. I'll see where you're going. When yep. you don't have, your parents are an insurance policy. Right. It's kind of like being on your policy until you're 23. Yes. The yeah, health, yeah, yeah, yeah. Health yeah. insurance thing. Yep, that's it. And so um, I think that that came along. I used to play for church. Mm-hmm. When we go, they had an organ. Right. And I'd play right out of the hymnal, play yep. that, and always do Bach for the preludes, you know, and the stuff that they didn't really want you to play. But Right. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed doing that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. um, but that's when I, I remember struggling because I had to had to go to bed on Saturday nights, and then I started playing with these bands that would be playing Saturday nights. Yes, the band is paying me money. The church is accepting my volunteerism. Yes, and so that was a that was a struggle. And I, you know, I told you I was a semester from graduation from school. Right when I went out on the road and it was a challenge because I love education. I love school. Um, and I couldn't find a lot of, um, developed gray matter when I was out playing in bars. Right. It was, <laughs> it was difficult. Um, but it was years later before I recognized I've always been, I think of, uh, I heard a pastor teach this, this lesson and he called how good is good enough. You know, I was always a good person. Yep. Was basically been a good person, but I didn't realize that it needed to be a vital, a relationship, an ongoing relationship on a daily basis. Right. I'm getting close to the buzzer. I'm sorry. I'm trying. No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. okay. So that's the critical thing yep. is recognizing how vital that is. And I did that when I lived in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to listen to, we lived 28 miles from downtown. Mm-hmm. The studio was right in the middle of downtown in a high rise on the 48th floor. And as I drive in, it would always take is 28 miles, took 45 minutes minimum. Sometimes it'd be two hours. Wow. Uh, it's awful. Nashville's starting to look like that. It is. Unfortunately, like that. yeah. that's the only good thing about COVID mm-hmm. is I drive it from south of town to north. Yeah, you could get here quicker. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I used to listen to uh, Moody radio. Yeah. And Elizabeth Elliott. Mm-hmm. And then Charles Stanley. You know, a couple of old coots. Yeah, but good solid and stuff. And boy, it really, yeah. it really was. And I remember, uh, I remember the message that I was listening to, mm-hmm. and I just realized I needed to have a vital, ongoing, interactive relationship. And I was really yep. thankful that God had given me grace to recognize that and time. Yes, yeah, in your car yeah. to do that. It I was mean, vital. Yep. I mean the. the the guys in guys in Heatwave were in a a denomination that was kind of a funny one. We used to have conversations about why they wouldn't play their instruments in their church. Yeah, you know they thought yep. that that was a sinful thing. Yep. So I've always recognized who God is. Yeah. But I didn't recognize um, the the need, the necessity of mm-hmm. that being the center. Right. of all things so did that answer what you were asking i think so uh <laughs> even if it didn't it was interesting it's hard to you know sometimes people want to date yeah and i can tell you the the cycles and the transitions in the things yeah i don't think there was a I, there probably was a specific yeah. time that i just kind of went but i'd always felt like i gave it over anyway yeah was i a good person yes did i always act perfectly no yeah <laughs> Not sure anybody I know ever has. Yeah. If they have, if if they'll spend ten minutes minutes 
with me, I'll correct that for them. Well, I'll get something out of them. When we first moved to Nashville from Chicago, hmm? we spent a year looking for a church, and I had a friend's mom say <laughs> to me, "So, are you looking? What are you looking for in a church?" And I told her some things you're looking for, and she said, "So." You're looking for the perfect church, right? And I went, oh, yeah. And she said, well, as soon as you find it and you start going there, it won't be perfect anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll come to Jesus moment yep. from somebody right yep. there. But that's true. <laughs> so uh, it's my understanding, you correct me if I'm wrong, it's your yeah. story we're talking about. Uh, you never intended to be a music guy at a church, did you? Oh, no. How did that happen? Yeah, I I probably I think I would have thought that would ruin my career. Yeah. Um yep. so I was doing sessions and production. I mean, they work don't play and, boogie nights too much in churches I've been mm, to. So except when they're doing uh karaoke and, and BJ's the DJ. <laughs> then they do. You know, I missed that <laughs> night. Uh I guess if I was confessing uh part of me might have missed a little of that on purpose because I I'm not capable of behaving in some situations like that. So I might have saved myself from being in the news. Yeah, you and I both. (laughs) But Uh, uh, so. So I, uh, uh, when we finally found a church, I made my wife promise that she wouldn't tell anybody what I did for a living because typically when you start going to a church and they find out what you do, uh that's all they want you to do. I mean, I have friends uh, that are physicians, yeah. and during the greeting time, somebody always sits behind them and goes, I've got this funny pain in my throat, you <laughs> yeah. know, or I've got a lump in the right. whatever. Right. And so <laughs> I just, I was willing to do a Bible study or, you know, yeah. something like that. I just didn't want to do music all the time because that's what I was doing all week long. Right. And we had the pastor over for dinner one time, mm-hmm. and he, during conversation, he said, hey, Neil, I heard that you uh, used to work with blah, blah, blah. And named several artists, and I looked at my wife, and she went, you know, like, I didn't say anything, so mm-hmm. I don't know who told him, but <laughs> I said, yeah, and he said, well, um, would you ever consider filling in if our guy can't do it sometimes? Oh, that's where it starts. And I was honest with him, and I said, you know what, I've played in front of these big, I mean, I've played in front of like 30,000, 40,000 people, mm-hmm. I've done all these things, I can sight read, I can sing, I can do all this stuff. But I don't understand worship uh-huh. and what class classifies as that because it's not just playing out of the hymnal. Right. Um, so I don't understand what it is. I don't feel qualified. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's okay. Why don't just pray about it, you know. And so my wife and I consistently prayed, if this is something I'm supposed to do is fill in for this guy every once in a while. And uh, this went on for about eight months. And the the uh, pastor, he'd walk out of the sanctuary on Sunday morning, and we'd be shaking hands. He'd go, have you heard anything yet? Like, nope, God's <laughs> been very silent about that, not a thing. <laughs> and at some point, I felt like I heard, I heard encouragement. I don't know how you define it. You know, what's God sound like? Is he a bass or a baritone? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, might be a soprano, but. Just don't say lead, because you'll get buzzed for lead. Yeah. <laughs> you will no. absolutely get buzzed. No, no. Um, but, um, I felt like I heard this guidance that said, I gave you gifts and I want you to use them mm-hmm. as long as you are recognizing that I am, that I am, you mm-hmm. know, that I am the center mm-hmm. of these things. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, how, that's how that started. It was part-time at first. Mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't very long into it, I realized um, the commonality between the people is the artistic things. Right. Music, photography, whatever it is. Right. But it's about each person's relationship. Okay. You know, with God. Right. And that's the primary thing. And then the arts, the music, all those things are are what pull us together and make us a community. So so this is this is what got you I guess hooked in there good is that you realize you weren't doing it for yourself. Really? This seriously. wasn't a heat wave extension. It was no, a uh, no. Uh you had a different uh I guess driving force that well you had a reason. Yeah. And and the reason was your faith. Right. So although you were reluctant to uh, start doing that as you got into it were you all in then you, you when you understood what you were doing and who you were doing it for i honestly felt the the word that that the that you use is called to it a calling what do you what do you use for that instead what's the uh, i would use the word call but then I would buzz myself, and, but it's, and I would try to find a way to say that. You know, you know the uh, uh, the occasional non-believer that may hear something like what we're doing right now. Yeah, I want I want to use language where because they may not understand call. Maybe destiny. I mean, that's such a big word, but yeah, it's. I, it's, I think it's fine for people to say I felt. I felt like this is something I was supposed to do because, I mean, like you, you and I were talking earlier. Neither one of us has ever heard God say something audibly, I don't think, have we? I couldn't tell you if he's a soprano or a bass. I don't know. There you go. So it it has to have something to do with what you're feeling inside. And you've just laid out the whole story. Uh, Your whole life sets you up for this. So to me, you know, words like led and called, uh, church folks use that with each other, and they understand it just perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the person who's not, totally involved in that sometimes i think those words kind of throw them a little curve it's a barrier i think maybe it it can be maybe so yeah anyway so you felt like go ahead yeah i I felt like that was what i was supposed to be doing yep and it got to be so involved that um i had to quit doing whatever else i was doing too because i was continuing to produce and record things and i I just couldn't do them time-wise. So he basically pulled you all the way in. Very much so. <laughs> That's what yes. it sounds like. Yes, and the amusing thing is um, folks don't understand that part of it. Mm-hmm. And there have been in the past people who have said, so other than playing the piano for 30 minutes on Sunday morning, what do you do? <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. You know, it's so much more involved than that. But yep. it, I, I really love it. And uh, a few years ago, before... I came up to the church we're at. Yep. Um, I had gotten tired of of that for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, well, I mean. And, you know. uh, um, well, they say churches would be great if, if there weren't people in them. Yeah. So Which reminds me you. of, you know, uh, John Cleese. Yes. Uh, did you ever see Faulty Towers? I uh, did not. He's the proprietor of a, a hotel. Mm-hmm. And his comment is, uh, He'd love the hotel business if it weren't for the clientele. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's kind of, you know, but that's it. I'm a human. Well, I'm a human. Yeah, you know I was going to say, you, you know, 
that phrase about uh, churches would be great if it weren't for people. That's yes. just a, that's humor because anywhere you go, there are people. That's right. I mean, there are people in the janitorial business. There yeah. are people in, you know. You mean sanitation technicians? Yes, that's the fancier word that's to say it, that. Yeah. But, but anyway, so you say that. We say that because 20 years of doing something, you just get, yeah. you get tired. I mean, you, humans get tired of the same thing. And luckily for you, uh, the church I go to, while you were doing all that, was in the process of growing mm-hmm. into this monster <laughs> that it is now compared to what it used to be. But it <clears throat> all through the years that it has been growing and developing, the, the music there has been doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So little by little, it's like different people came from different places with different talents and abilities and then all of a sudden there was a pool of people at this church who were ready for somebody who had experiences like you had of producing and putting things together on a on a very professional level mm-hmm. and you showed up it's just coincidence <laughs> it's just a coincidence people get all excited and get all these spiritual uh, explanation. It's just a coincidence. Yes, it's got to be. Doesn't so it? I'll tell. I'll tell you. I'll try to keep this quick. Okay. Um. <laughs> so 2016, my wife of almost 30 years passed away. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed where I was for several months after that, but I just couldn't keep going there and keep seeing things right. I saw and right. All of that, and I just said, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I want to find a church, but I don't want to have anything to do with pastoral leadership or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And a friend that was a senior pastor at another church in, in Franklin invited me to, you know, we'd hang out and do coffee and stuff and have real talks, and he was kind of an accountability person for me. And mm-hmm. uh, he said, hey, I need somebody to, I know this is out of your wheelhouse, but I need somebody to be my assistant for a couple of months. Would you have any interest in doing that? And we can go get coffee more often. So I did that, and uh, I got hope again mm-hmm. and uh, was going for my master's degree at the same time. And one of my professors knew the situation. We're friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, hey, I know you're not wanting to be in a church, but would you ever consider filling in for me? I lead worship at this church that's kind of equidistant from Highway 65 on the other side. Hang on a minute. i got to look up equidistant. It's an equal distance from the center. So. Oh, just like it sounds. Yeah. yeah. I'm so from it's, Arkansas. It's, it's, hey, I just, I just paid for a college degree, so I'm, <laughs> i got to use those words. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, it's uh, Pleasant View. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so I go over there and fill in for him every once in a while. Really loved it. It's, it's great. The pastor over there is a good guy. and. Mm-hmm. The people are fun, and uh, one day in class, he said, hey, um, have you got a resume? And I went, for what? And he said, well, there's this church in White House, and I went, yeah, I don't want yeah. to do that. No, thanks. <laughs> and he kind of pestered me for a while, and I finally gave him the resume, and I ended up talking with the folks over here, and yeah. uh, I, I came up the first Sunday, and was amazed at the difference between i love my friends in williamson county mm-hmm. but up here it feels like and this is meant as a compliment it mm-hmm. feels like mayberry yeah i mean there's yeah. there's genuine there's an there's an adage they use about the church that 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work yes and i've seen that yep 
where I was. But I come up here and there's a whole lot more folks and they want to be involved. And it's not just, oh, let me give you a check and you take care of it. Right. It's I want to be involved in it. Yeah. Good and people. So Good it's people. exciting. And I, I, I'm going to say it again. I mm-hmm. felt I feel called here mm-hmm. or I I wouldn't be doing it. I'm not going to buzz you on that one Thank because uh, <laughs> it was so heartfelt. <laughs> And I are one of those people that you're around. So, but I, I agree with you about the whole, uh, you know, the the Mayberry feel. The Mayberry feel is is just an authentic feel. Yes. Yeah. And my experience with this group of people that you and I are involved with is they're all very authentic people. They don't yep. think too highly of themselves. They laugh at themselves a lot, which is pretty doggone healthy, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And I can see where a person like you who is going to quote work in that kind of environment where that would be very beneficial because uh, right yeah i could just see where it'd be a, a beneficial thing to have because i me personally uh uh being a little bit cynical and who you sarcastic yes i know it's a shock to oh, most but that's that's a gift the I'm, spiritual I'm, gift of sarcasm I, that's exactly right uh my pastor and i share <laughs> yes that. i was gonna- I'm not going to say that. He on a much healthier dose of it than me. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I learn things by questioning them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I come across to some people as, well, you're just pretty cynical. No, no I'm not really cynical. I just, that's how I right. deduct things. Uh, where were we going with that? Well, we used to be able to do that. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh, well, I can because I'm not in the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. minister role so i have a little more free reign than you do so gotcha. oh you know if you need to know something you Thank can you. T- ask me behind the scenes and i'll get I it out of somebody for you we get done i've got a couple of questions <laughs> <laughs> well look whatever happened uh i'm glad you're up here it's been good and Thank healthy you. for our bunch of people and all joking aside if you look at uh, a life like yours a life like mine uh, any any believer's life, it's it's really interesting how way down the road in your life, you look back at all the things you went through and you go, oh, that's why. Yep. That's why. Uh, me personally, Mike the Baptist came up pretty recently because uh, for a period of time back in the fall, I had started writing political things for my podcast called Our Land, which mm-hmm. you can subscribe to, Substack, ourland.substack.com. But anyway, I had been writing those, but there was still something I was wanting to say, but that was not the vehicle to say it, and I didn't know what to do. And uh, real estate, which I'm involved in, has kind of changed the last couple of years. Mm. It's, 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 kind of, it's kind of changed. A lot of people moving in. Yes, there are. Uh, which is changing the local markets. Anyway, a lot of things are changing. So in the fall, I've again kind of, um, uh, I don't want to buzz, have to buzz myself. So I'm trying to say this the right way. You want me to change places? Well, <laughs> you just point at it and I'll buzz it okay. if, if, if I right. need it. Uh, that way you won't have to get up. But anyway, uh, Mike the Baptist came about because many mornings I'm uh, travel to the studio at its undisclosed location. And I sit around and kind of, uh, I get up at four in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've got a lot of time before all things start churning. And I was thinking and thinking and thinking, what, what do I need to do? What if real estate completely blows up? What if, uh, 
what should I do? And the whole time I'm doing that, I'm sitting in the studio and thinking, what? and then it, it just kind of dawned on me one morning. It's almost like he hit me in the back of the head with a frying pan and mm-hmm. said, dummy, uh, <laughs> you're sitting in a studio and you can do all these different things. It's paid for. Why don't you use that? Yeah. And I kind of went, oh, okay. <laughs> so my friend had jokingly called me Mike the Baptist for years, and it just all kind of clicked. Now, I say all that to say this. I, uh, when we play any or Audi here in a moment, if you win, everybody wins. <laughs> you're going to get a custom coffee mug, but I haven't printed them yet. Uh-huh. And the reason I haven't printed them yet is because I want to see if Mike the Baptist takes off and actually goes anywhere. Because if it doesn't, I don't want a bunch of you people to have a coffee mug that says Mike the Baptist on a shelf in your house so you can point at it when you have company and say, see that? That never got off the ground. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, anyway, I just look back on my life like we're talking about yours, and I see how things happened over the years to put you in a place in your life where you can use things that he gave you the ability to do if you'll just use them. Yes. And my experience is the things that uh, uh, I feel urged to do, uh, that I feel like he's urging me to do, those things always have a comfort about them. Mm-hmm. They have a way of working themselves out in ways that you and I could never probably sit down. And uh, I hope someday to have that conversation about your school of music that you <laughs> talked about in the green room a little while ago, which is a, a whole other idea that I know is in your heart, yeah, as they say. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so long story short, here we are, uh, two guys with a few years on them now. Uh, You've landed in a good place. You can tell that you're suited for what you're doing. Mm. You will get tired of us, too. <laughs> That's just going to happen, and we all know it. Uh, but until that time, uh, it's good to see you working with the people uh, that have those abilities and trying to nurture that and get them to uh, maybe see something in themselves they yes. haven't seen before. So you know what's going to happen down the road. They're going to be in a spot where they have a uh, new thing they're doing, and they're going to look back and say, oh, all of those things were kind of working together to put them where they are. What a great planet. Yeah. Uh, and the no. one running the planet That's it. <laughs> is really good at it. Yeah. And it's... It, it, uh, and I, I, w- I just, to add to that, I was thinking about, I'm not, I'm not pulling out the, the words or anything, but, okay. you know... He tells us just what we need to know. He don't give you the the long view, mm-hmm. and there's very little foresight, mm-hmm. and not. I don't want to get buzzed, but yeah, um, you know, he told Abraham go. Yes, and he he that's didn't say well. Where. He, he said. just said go go, <laughs> and that's that's the thing is I felt like you don't get all this foresight because you probably wouldn't be able to handle. Yeah. I mean, if you knew everything. 20 years ago that you know now yeah what would you have done yeah probably something different yeah and but he will give you hindsight yeah so that you can uh, you can see how those things all tied together all work together 
If you're paying attention. Yeah. Well, you got to want to. You do have to <laughs> kind of want to. Well, look, uh, we're going to move along because I have to go show a house, speaking of real estate, I, yep. here in a little while. But uh, we're going to take a break, come back, and uh, we're going to play any or Audi. Hmm. And I'm glad to have you as our third uh, <laughs> contestant on any or Audi. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be right back. I feel privileged. Hey, everybody. It's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Oh, man, uh, it's such a great honor to have somebody with uh, actual intelligence here. Uh, and who would that be? That's, that's you. I'm, oh. I'm claiming you as our, our latest uh, <laughs> intelligent player of any or Audi. That's right. Thank and uh, you may or may not have seen any or Audi or heard about it, but uh, the concept's really simple. I'm going to uh, uh, read you. Uh, some phrases and or some scriptures that may or may not actually be in the Bible. Yep. If it's in the Bible, of course, that's an any. And if it's not in the Bible, that's an Audi. Doesn't matter which translation you're using. Well, we ran into that on the last episode of any or Audi, and, and yeah. I had not prepared for the translation. Ah. So we had interesting conversations about translations, <laughs> which can go a lot of different places. Oh, yes. Uh, so, uh, we're kind of loose about that. Okay. You know, there's not really a winner here. Uh, so we'll just see what happens. Okay. Now, when I uh, read you the phrase or the scripture, I don't want you to immediately jump to the answer. I want you to talk it out because this is a show and people need something to hear. <laughs> so I want you to kind of talk, talk out your thought process about how you get to your answer. And okay. even if you know it immediately, go ahead and make up something All right. to talk about. Uh, Here's the first one. Are you ready? Yeah. Number maybe. one. This too shall pass. Okay. Take your time, Neil. The clock is running. Suspenseful music will be edited in under your thought process as you're talking this out. Is that in the Bible or out of the Bible? Is that's it an a, any or an outie? That's a gastrointestinal comment. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that on the Food Network, too. Yes. This too um, shall pass. Hmm. So. Yeah, I... I not positive about that one. I would say it's out. You would say it's an Audi? Probably. I don't know. Uh, here's an interesting thing that I, I had written, but I didn't think to read it. After being fired by the Chicago Bears, iconic football coach Mike Ditka told the gathered media that Scripture tells us, Oh. This too shall pass. Really? Okay. So I just a little tidbit I thought I'd throw in. Well, but you're saying it's an Audi. I don't know. Oh, you it, don't it know. It sounds King Jameseth to me, but... But your original answer was Audi. Yeah. Audi. That's right. It's an Audi. All right. We don't. I'm your studio audience today. Everybody else has jobs and they were working, so yeah. we couldn't get them in there. But that is an Audi. Uh, it's likely that uh, they may have gotten that confused over the years with "It Came to Pass." Yes. Which uh, occurs over 400 times in the King James version. Mm -hmm. So. You got your Strong's Exhaustive Concordance to rely on for that. You do have that. That's an if amazing you, tool. Yeah. You, I, I keep it in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're one for one. Okay. And uh, I like the way you talk that out. 
It, uh, it wasted the appropriate amount of time <laughs> uh, for the program. Here's number two. There are only four. Four I have determined is a good number. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Now take your time, Neil. Is this a phrase that just people have said over the years, or is this actually in Scripture? Love the sinner, hate the sin. Talk it out. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't even begin to tell you. If that's in there, uh-huh. I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> if if that, that's a very polite way. <laughs> if it's of, in there. Of saying that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I... Yeah, that's that's not that sounds like uh, what's the uh, uh, oh that goes with the Lord helps those who help themselves right? Oh, you're getting ahead of me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm quoting my best Ben Franklin. You are clairvoyant right. all of a <laughs> sorry. sudden. So love the sinner, hate the sin. Is that that's an, an Audi? Kind of, that's an Audi. That's right. You're okay, good, absolutely correct. You're uh, two for two. <laughs> Uh, my note says that one goes back a ways, but not quite to biblical times. In the 5th century, Augustine wrote a line ah. which translates roughly translates roughly to, with love for mankind and hatred of sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hate the sin, but not the sinner. So that's, that's uh, actually, wait a minute. Let's see what this says here. No, 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 that's not in the Bible. That's an answer. You're correct. Okay, number three. Which, which I don't know if you've actually cheated here or if it just happened, but uh, it, it's set up. The number three is God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> now take your time, take your time. Do not rush because I want you to, I want you to get a correct answer here. Is that in the Bible or out of the Bible? God helps those who help themselves. Do you know that when they were trying to decide the national bird for the United States? <laughs> Ben Franklin said... He did? He did. He said, the turkey is the most intelligent bird. Yes. And he wanted to cha- to assign turkey to that. And it was right around that same time period where he said, mm-hmm. God helps those who help themselves. So Benjamin Franklin actually said that. That was what I had heard. I don't know. So are you saying, Neil, <laughs> that this is an Audi? I am saying that, yeah. Hmm... You're right. You're absolutely. (laughs) And you knew it. You knew it. I mean, you knew it the whole time. In fact, you answered it on number two. Sorry. But that's okay. We still still wasted the appropriate amount of time. Okay. So here's number four. Final question on any or Audi. And uh, now this one, um, uh, this one may be tricky for you. So I want you to concentrate really closely. Flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit take your time neil we've got well till i have to go show a house we've got a little (laughs) bit of time (laughs) my wife said do not let this cause you to miss showing that house that's because she wants to go to kroger that's an audi you think that's an audi do not let do not let this oh. cause you from going to. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was an that's Audi. an Audi. Okay, um, but here now, this is actually I'm pulling one direct from Scripture. I may or may not have changed it. Keep that in mind. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. That's if it's not in Scripture, it's awfully close. So you are saying this is an any i'm gonna risk it and say it's an any you're right you're right you're four 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 
And I did not have to lead you along like I have a couple of other guests that I've really? had on here. Nowhere close to as much. When a friend of mine that was on the program recently said uh, it reminded him of, you know, when you were in school and you had a teacher that says, now, come on, you know this answer, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Four for four. That's uh, John three, verse six, by the way. Thank you. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. So, well, that was fun. Uh, Before we go to our final break here and come back and end the program with a hymn like I like to do in church fashion, um... I'm going to ask you a very serious question uh, that I've been asking the guests that I've had on here, and it's been some pretty interesting answers. Mm-hmm. If if you believed, Neil, uh, that God had given you something to pass on to people, that he had maybe uh, wanted given you some sort of a message, Hmm. but it was intended for you to give that to other people. What would you say that would be for you in a sentence or two? If you narrowed it down, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm talking about just a passion, but there are some things in people that, um, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. feel like it's do. been downloaded into you to share with somebody else. What would that be right. in you? Or or do you need some time to prepare for that answer? Uh, if I were going to do it in one sentence, I would have to have time to prepare for that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a couple or three sentences. Okay. All right. I'll do my best. Okay. Um, it kind of goes back to what we talked about, the school of the arts. Okay. And if if you have recognized that, and you can buzz me all you want to now, um, (laughs) since you asked me that question. Yeah, I won't on this one. um, You recognize that God has created you as a unique being. You are not like anyone else. There Mm. is no other person exactly like you. Mm -hmm. Along with creating you with uh, what some churches call spiritual gifts, Right, um, and there's no conclusive list of those in Scripture. There's a number of places where those things show up. Mm-hmm. They're not in any particular order, mm-hmm. so there's no priority to one over the other one. Mm-hmm. But if you recognize that idea that He has given you a specific design, mm-hmm. He's also given you a specific purpose, and above all everything else, you need to figure out what it is that God put you here to do, and then be obedient. <clears throat> That's it. I'm sure I could be much more eloquent if uh, that was pretty eloquent. He gave me another ten minutes, but that that was pretty. <laughs> you know, in my world, that was pretty eloquent. <laughs> I just think I, I and I said to you, I've seen people putting so much money into uh, things that we can control. Yeah. Um, I could I could say politics, but I was going to avoid that. Yes. Uh, but investing. Every four years, let's, you know, let's put all this money into this, mm-hmm. and then another four years come along, got to do it again. It's just that. And and be hoping that you're getting the results that you want out of that. Mm-hmm. 
And yet, if you recognize that foundational change is the thing that's going to make a difference, mm-hmm. and it, it's recognizing who the creator is, and it's recognizing who the savior is. So you feel like uh, he's given you the desire to help other people see what's inside them. Absolutely. This is a worthy yep. pursuit. I, it's biblical. It's in First Corinthians too, where it says that. If you're in a leadership position in the church, and this is the Neil translation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if you're in a leadership position, you are to empower believers for works of ministry. Yep. So even if I can do everything that needs to be done, that's not what the job is. The job is to see who has become part of this body of people that believe in God, mm-hmm. and then it's to give them opportunities to serve in those positions. Isn't it funny how this whole uh, uh, faith and belief thing always comes down to what's inside somebody else? <laughs> it's not about you yeah, uh, ever. No. Nope. It's not about you ever, but it's always about what's inside somebody sitting across from you. Yep. You're a good human, Neil. Oh, thank you. Takes one to know one. Thank you. I, I, I fished for that, and I <laughs> caught one. <laughs> At our age, you take what you could catch. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll be back in a, in a minute to uh, finish out our final segment of Mike the Baptist with Neil Andrews. Been fun. Yeah. Still is. Non tutte le banane sono uguali. Solo Chiquita ha il gusto di Ecellode. Cercala nei negozi più chic. E dove se no? Chiquita, gusto di Ecellode. Hey, we're back. Final segment of Mike the Baptist with Neil Andrews. Been fun. I'm really glad you came and, and you. did this. You and I have a problem in the world yes. of scheduling things yeah. that actually work out. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but. Uh, you are going to come and play, aren't you? I'm going to come and play. So if I put you on the schedule, you will be part of the worship Well, team? that's where the issue usually is if you put me on a schedule because I have a bizarre lifestyle. And sometimes I can control it, but when people start dying, I can't control it. And no. That's happened a couple of times right. with us where I had to pull out. But my intentions are to come play. Okay, you have good intentions. Yes, when you can, when you can get me, and and ironically, uh, I booked you for this a few weeks ago, and then we've been playing <laughs> yeah. a juggling thing on that one back and forth. But anyway, yeah. I'm glad to, I'm glad it finally happened. So I hope I get to return the favor now. Thank you for taking the time. Show up up there and play a little music for you. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a reputation of being a little unruly or, you know, not normal and all that stuff. And I don't know where people get that because I'm actually very normal church guy, you know, and in following with the uh, orthodoxy of the church and the way things are supposed to work, uh, I've elected to always close out Mike the Baptist with a hymn. <clears throat> My hymns come from the 70s. Oh, okay. Uh, but you realize that's 50 years ago. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> kind of stings. But now, we're not going to start talking about age, are we? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. No. Uh, if you're listening at home or in your car, uh, and you have the Michael Baptist hymnal, turn to page 68, and we don't have any music. We don't need any music. You and I will be the choir here at the end of <laughs> Mike the Baptist. Now, I'm not a, a really good singer. I'm very hard to harmonize with, but 
but I'm uh, enthusiastic. So who can sing like Pastor Maurice White? Uh, well, neither, neither, neither of us. Probably not. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fake it in a in a good uh, Tennessee fashion here, and uh, wow. you can sing along with us if you know this. Mm-hmm. It's one of the it was one of the better hymns from the '70s, I think. This one yeah. didn't go back. No, this was '70s, wasn't it? It would have been, yeah, because it was, yeah, yes, music style. Yes, I recognize. All right, we're closing the show mm-hmm. out. Glad you joined us. Hope you uh, gleaned some sort of new information that you can use on Neil if you know him. <laughs> and if you don't, uh, get in touch with me, and I'll forward the uh, uh, the abuse on to <laughs> Thank <him>. you. <laughs> You're a shining star, no, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see. What, what you, you could truly be. What you could truly be. You were a shining star. Shining star. No, no matter who you are. Shining bright to see. What you could truly be. Shining star for you to see. What your life can truly be. Shining star for you to see. What your life can truly be. Shining star for you to see. What your life can truly be. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. That was you. fun. <laughs> Make a good offer, Tori. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. (laughs) Mike the Baptist.